0: This is Ryan Bell from the Life After God podcast, and I never listen. I mean, why would I listen to I Doubt It With Dolomore? I mean, that's the competition. You need to listen to Life After God We are back. Thank you for joining us, episode 631 of I Doubt It With Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined by the refreshed, raring to go, rearing to go, eager to go, lovely, talented, scholarly co host,
1: Brittany Page. Can I just say that I genuinely do feel refreshed? Yeah, we came back from our vacation, and I was sitting on the floor with Popeye um, after being reunited with him. And <laughs> re- re- reunited, <laughs> it feels so good. Mm-hmm. And I had a moment where I, I genuinely said, I feel like refreshed. I think yeah. this is why people take. Vacations, And then I started thinking, when is the last time that we actually took uh, a vacation like the one that we just took to New Orleans and we landed on 2013?
0: Yeah. <laughs> when we took a trip to D.C. in New York City.
1: Yeah. Which yeah. is a pretty long time to not take a vacation.
0: Uh, would it be bold of me to say too long? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I also want to recognize uh, the privilege um, in being able to take a vacation. Of be- course, because course. it's something that I think about actually every time I go on vacation. Which is my parents never took vacations. By
0: the way, the reason we haven't probably taken a vacation since two thousand thirteen mm-hmm. is that very thing.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: weren't in a position to do so.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would say that's fair. Um, and also, uh, like I was saying, uh, related to the privilege thing, I, I do try to, every time we go on vacation or we we take a trip of any kind, right? Because even going to Big Bear earlier this year or or going to Phoenix to visit my lifelong best friend, Clayton, um, those technically could be considered vacations as yeah, well, yeah. Uh, little getaways. And that is a privilege too, right? Just being able to take a break from the busyness of life. yeah, um, Those things really are a privilege that not everybody has so um i'm thankful for that uh <laughs> speaking of thankful and sending in thanksgiving submissions but we'll get to that later
0: yeah you fucking slacking ass slacks um, listen let, let me say this about the refresh thing before we move on yeah oftentimes you, you hear people and i think it's accurate sometimes oh, i need a vacation for my vacation i'm getting back and i'm all tired still from blah, 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 blah. i gotta I don't feel that way. Mm-hmm. I feel reinvigorated. Yeah, about the show, about my activity on YouTube. Right. I am fucking yeah, yeah, ready to go.
1: Yeah, I feeling feel, good. I feel the exact same way, which I'm very happy about. Um, so can that, we talk about the trip a little bit? Yeah, it obviously means we had a good time. We did. We had a very good time.
0: New Orleans is uh, a unique city.
1: Yeah, it's a very lovely place. It was my first time in New Orleans. Um, it was a return trip for you. That's you had right. been there before. Um, I think we should go over some of the highlights, maybe? Yeah. The highlights of the trip? Well, I, l- let's talk
0: about how unique it is, and I think that'll cover some of the highlights. Okay. New Orleans is, they talk about Southern hospitality.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: New Orleans does something, I think, to even the visitors to the city. Mm-hmm. For instance, there were several moments during that. We, we met all kinds of people. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I'm a, an outgoing, I wouldn't go as far as to say gregarious character. Mm. But I, uh, I enjoy a conversation, mm-hmm. especially in these times, <laughs> in a city where you don't know mm-hmm. to whom you'll be speaking about politics.
1: Mm, especially when it's a risk, is yeah. what we're hearing. Oh, yeah.
0: I, ooh, gets my nips all at Twitter. Oh, a flutter. Interesting. What is it? What's the saying? I don't think there is a saying about the nips. But yeah. <laughs> I I wonder, mm-hmm. like for instance we were hanging out on a rooftop bar, mm-hmm. in the city. Yeah. Obviously in the city. Mm-hmm. It wasn't out in the country. Not a lot of rooftop bars in the country. Yeah. And uh we struck up a conversation with a group of people. Mm-hmm. Two a, a couple. Yeah. A, just beautiful couple from Florida. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And uh, I got to thinking, if we were in the same situation in, let's say, L.A., if we were on vacation in Los Angeles, Mm -hmm. would that thing have happened? Would we have met those people Mm -hmm. and had such a great time with them for what ended up being probably a couple hours, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think New Orleans does something to the people who both live there, or maybe it's because of the people who live there that the culture is, is such that It infects, in a good way, Mm -hmm. visitors.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but I will say there's a huge difference between Lyft drivers in New Orleans (laughs) and Lyft drivers in uh, Los Angeles or Orange County, for example, in that every single Lyft driver we had wanted to have a conversation with us. Yeah,
0: or or wanted to have a conversation with someone on the phone while we were in the car. (laughs) That happened twice.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so for the most part, we had drivers yeah. that wanted to have yeah, a conversation yeah. with us. And it, it was. It was just a very friendly environment. Um, it could also help that you can drink in public. And a lot of people were drinking. Yeah. That's. I
0: think that probably a little social lubricant going on. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, it was the whole time I was still surprised when they said, did you want that drink to go? And I'm like, to go where? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But you can't take it in cars guys. You cannot take it in the lifts. So can
0: we can we talk about lifts for a second?
1: You mean when we got hijacked? We got fucking
0: hijacked by a lift driver.
1: Well, he wanted to show us the
0: <laughs> without asking, yeah, he, he decided to take a detour because yeah. there was something he really wanted us to see.
1: He did warn us though. He said, "I'm going to take you over here so you can see it." That's
0: not a warning. That's just fucking telling you that I'm I'm hijacking you.
1: I mean, we could have said no. We could have said no, we don't want to see the cruise ships that aren't even there. Because that's where he took us. Um he said that there is a port area, right? A port. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a docking area. It's where, right in the river, so there's not a big giant port there.
1: Where the cruise ships, legitimate cruise ships.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not talking like a, like a riverboat gambler, steamboat McGee. We're talking about fucking carnival cruise ships.
1: Yeah. That they come there, and this is where they go, and the people board, and yeah. the people come off, and he really wanted us to see not this a real,
0: area. Not, a, not, not like a tourist attraction.
1: Yeah. And there were no cruise ships there. There was no one there. He didn't at seem all. to mind
0: that it, that it was kind of a bust for him. But
1: he wanted us to see it. It was important to him. And we're happy that we could oblige, um, be there Well, for we're him. happy.
0: It doesn't matter whether we're happy. It happened. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. happened to us. He
1: just decided that he was going to show us that. So it was not on the way to where we were going. And he was friendly
0: and awesome. It wasn't like a, hey, you fuckers, I'm taking you with me. Yeah. It was just kind of a... What is happening?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the highlights for me was the pharmacy museum. Um, there were all kinds of fascinating uh, knickknacks in there. And the um, curator of the museum. Fantastic. He gave about an hour long presentation. Um, we just happened to walk in at the right time uh because they have a guided tour and pretty much the guided tour is you just walk into the museum and you all stand around and he moves around the room and presents to you all the different items and kind of covers the history uh behind the museum and it was completely fascinating yeah, yeah. he was unbelievable as a speaker as a teacher um he dynamic entertaining inf- yeah. in- informational. Yeah. yeah, he included, like, social justice elements in yeah, there. Yeah, I love that. Which were really great, and people, you know, were walking out periodically. <laughs> uh, maybe not for everybody. Well, he
0: wasn't sly about it. He's like, look, if you oppress a woman and you try to take um, control over her reproductive cycle, mm-hmm. that, I mean, he just put it in a historic context. And I just, I asked him later, afterward, I was like... Did How's that go for you? You do. Do you sometimes see the light flip on in somebody's head? Mm-hmm. And you know he was well. You know sometimes they walk out. You know I don't know. But yeah. he's doing yeoman's work.
1: Yeah, he, as they say, he was fucking awesome. So another thing that we really um, liked about the trip is we went to the Whitney Plantation. Yeah, uh, and did a tour there, a guided tour, and it, it highly
0: recommend. By the way,
1: yeah, I. I wouldn't have done it. The only reason that we did it was because people recommended it as um, the only tour in the in Louisiana or maybe the United States. I think
0: the United States. I think they said it was the only plantation in the United States that... Uh,
1: yeah, focuses on the perspective of enslaved people rather than the enslavers. Yeah. yeah. And... It was very powerful. I mean, you didn't go to this plantation to walk around and marvel at, like, the mansion, you know, or all the stuff that the enslavers accomplished, you know.
0: Which down the road, the Oak Alley plantation it's kind of the well i think all of them that's kind of the that's that's the that's the shtick is ah look at this beautiful mansion look Mm -hmm. at the 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 acreage here oh here's what we did they don't they don't really get down and dirty about the evil and the horror that was visited upon millions of enslaved human beings
1: yeah so it was a it was a really powerful experience when you walk in they give you a um Lanyard. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I was trying to find the word um, <laughs> of one of the enslaved people that was on the plantation, and you you have a picture of them, their name, and on the back of it is like a little bit about their background, a quote from them. And a real person, yeah, yeah, and then there's statues of each of those people throughout the property, so you can kind of find your person throughout the property, but then also throughout the plantation and the tour, there are quotes on the walls and things that are from your particular assigned enslaved person, and so it kind of gives you a connection to someone in particular as you're going through the tour to really go, okay. Um, I want to read this quote. I want to like find more information about this specific human being, um, and what their experience was like here, what they lived through, and it makes it, you know, you just feel more connected, you know, connected to the stories of these people because yeah. you were assigned one of them. Um,
0: it's kind of what they do with the Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C. Oh, is it where you get. Uh, one of the numbers that was tattooed on someone, mm. you you so you really get to connect. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a get to, but it's it's a yeah. I think it is a get to. Mm-hmm. That's really that the, they want you to to emotionally connect with what's going on and what happened. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So that was a that was definitely a powerful experience. We recommend that if you're ever. Uh, in New Orleans, it's about an hour outside of New Orleans, so it is a bit of a of a process. Um, yeah, yeah, but worth it. Um, and obviously all the food we ate. I mean, yeah, I don't know what the highlights were for you. Uh, uh, I mean, so I, <laughs> I know could, I probably covered I, some of them. I
0: could talk a little bit about some of the the things I don't remember from the first couple times I was in New Orleans, and that is the atrocious nature of some of the bathrooms in the. Uh, mm. In the even in restaurants that are you're you're spending money in yeah, and they're worse than a truck stop. Just a fucking urine craziness.
1: Well, let me just say we landed at twelve thirty five a.m. and we didn't. We probably didn't get to the Airbnb until like after one a.m. I would assume. Yeah, and then you decided to take me down to Bourbon Well, Street. we hadn't really
0: eaten all day,
1: and. I, as soon as we walked onto that street, I wanted to leave. Yeah, I was like, yeah. no, 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 no. People were so drunk; it was really dangerous. Yeah, because it was
0: it was Friday night for all those people. I
1: mean, I don't want to sound like an old turd who doesn't have fun, but it was. <laughs> it, Get off my lawn! Yeah, it's not a safe environment, though. I mean, you yeah. were you were walking past people who were aggressive, right? Like, aggressive drunks yeah, who, if yeah. you're looking at them the wrong way, they're gonna, like, swing on you. Yeah. There were dudes that were just, like, falling over into the street. Like, hopefully they're okay. Women
0: in terribly unsafe situations. I mean,
1: it, it was it was a fucking mess. And I, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, is this what this is gonna be like? Because if this is the case... I don't like this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I, I was trying to explain. Well, one I wanted you to see the shit showiness oh my God. of Bourbon Street on a weekend evening cuz it is a goddamn shit show. It was unreal. Yeah. It was
1: un- the smells, ugh, it was it was not good. A lot of puke. Yeah, but that
0: I wouldn't say rivers of puke, but yeah. certainly creeks of puke.
1: Yeah, I mean you would walk a few <laughs> steps and then you would get a whiff, a giant whiff of it
0: a lot of squishy puddles
1: in so, places. so anyway uh anyway i was happy like, is that
0: oatmeal or what is that over I there i was happy why that why is that pink I what was is happening
1: happy that that was not <laughs> the that was not at all what it was like um <sighs> Now, I will say we flew into the old airport and we flew out of the brand new airport, yeah, which had opened. The fuck
0: knew that was going to happen? It had
1: opened just the day before we flew out. <laughs> yeah. So they hadn't worked out all the kinks. How we is we that won't complain about that. that you but-
0: fly into a completely different airport than you fly out of in the same city.
1: Yeah. It was pretty remarkable. But um, that was actually one of the highlights of, of the trip for me because the toilets. Let me tell you about these toilets. Goddamn.
0: Of course.
1: Listen, you want to hear about this technology? You didn't get the chance. We spent a week
0: in New Orleans, everybody. Let me tell you about the toilets in the airport. So
1: this is going to be so great. It's so sanitary. It's awesome. Okay. I'm sounding like a lot of fun. I'm complaining about everyone on Bourbon Street. And then I'm like, oh, the toilets. Yeah. Uh so here's the deal. The toilets, uh, the toilet seat is covered in a plastic protective layer.
0: How did I know this was going to be something about germs? And what
1: happens is you walk into the stall and you either push a green button mm. or even more sanitary, you wave your hand in front of a lights or whatever the fuck and <laughs> it it swirls the plastic around the seat so that it changes a whole new cover for you. You don't have to to touch anything. Wow. And it shifts this around so you're sitting on a brand new plastic covered toilet seat.
0: All for all you know though, they're just rotating on two. So you think it's a new one, but it's just the one someone had a time and a half ago.
1: So you think you're going to get one over on me. You think I didn't already think of that? <laughs> you think that wasn't already one of my fears when I sat down? Oh yeah. Well, how do please, you know? How please. do you know it's not? You know, what? I don't know. Okay, but I'm trying to be an optimist. I'm trying to believe in the best, okay, about New Orleans. I'm trying oh, to believe we almost it. it. You're gonna be quicker than that. Anyway, they also have a um, a Cafe du Monde in the airport now. So you can get beignets and coffee as soon as you land when you're leaving. Yes. Pretty fantastic. And you did that, in fact. You got some coffee. I did. Mm-hmm.
0: While you were in the magic toilet. Yeah. <laughs> that is right.
1: Well, because I also got food poisoning the last day. That so. is right, too. Things happen.
0: Things do happen.
1: But overall, fantastic. We're happy that we had the opportunity. Um, and we're happy <laughs> that we didn't receive angry messages about where we were.
0: Well, at least from the podcast angle. I got lots of the shit on the YouTube. Yeah. Of What the fuck? I thought this was a dollar more daily. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we're back. And on that note, thank you guys for your patience and your support of us and so much understanding on the part of the audience you know this was a needed thing we don't when you do two podcasts a week in a a medium that really is a a one episode per week maybe one episode every two weeks Mm -hmm. and we're doing two a week you know it's a it's a grind man and we want to continue to love what we do
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, um, and you guys have allowed that, and and we appreciate it so so goddamn much.
1: We also want to give a shout out to Elise. Elise is a listener that we met up with in New Orleans and had a drink with. That was a really great time. We want to thank her. Um, and also, then,
0: Brittany from Mississippi saw us.
1: Yeah, we didn't see her and we didn't <laughs> hear her apparently yelling at us, but um hello thank you for seeing us (laughs) sorry that we we uh couldn't actually meet up but um listen if that happens guys if we're in your area we are always happy to meet up um if we can make that work that is something that we really enjoy uh we've met up with listeners in the past and as long as you're not um pretending to be a listener and supporter so that you can murder us yeah
0: no dick grabbing either we're pretty
1: happy about it not
0: into the dick grabbing
1: Yes, that is true. Um speaking of dick grabbing, happy Veterans Day.
0: <laughs> that, by the way, is a fucking fantastic segue. It
1: doesn't relate at no, all. No, I have great. no idea. A lot of the- di- no,
0: because it's like it's like a uh, metaphorical dick grabbing. Oh, thank you for the service kind of shit all the time.
1: Well, that's actually what I want to talk to you about. Um, because I, I saw this link and it reminded me of you because sometimes when we're out in public, and let's say you're wearing shorts and you have, um, the rock flag and eagle. What, what's it? What does that person call it? Bird ball and anchor. Bird ball and an and anchor.
0: <laughs> Remember, everybody. A few months ago, we had a troll call who who was denying he was skeptical of my service in the United States Marine Corps because I called myself at some point a former Marine. Yeah, which is. I guess up until recently, that was what we... There were no ex-Marines. Yeah. Former Marine. Right. Because ex connotes something negative. Right, right. Anyway, he, he said, you didn't even earn your bird, ball, and anchor. It's the Eagle Globe and Anchor. Not bird, ball, and anchor. Well,
1: and let me just specify where I got rock, flag, and eagle. That is from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: (laughs) When he's singing his patriotic song. Yeah,
1: so um, I promise I'm not an idiot. Um, But sometimes when we're in public, people will see the bird, ball, and anchor tattoo that you have (laughs) on your leg, and they will walk up to you and say, thank you for your service. Yeah. And I, I think... It's uncomfortable for you, I mean, I don't know for sure, but can you talk maybe a little bit about your feelings about it? Is it uncomfortable? yeah well,
0: it's, I don't know really, yeah, I guess it's uncomfortable
1: Would I you, mean, would I you always... prefer not to hear it yeah, well
0: yeah, no I yes, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to parse all your words i I typically um. Uncomfortable seems a little bit harsh to me, but that is, it is kind of an uncomfortability. It's it's one, I don't like being made a spectacle of. Mm-hmm. Like, we've talked about being in the Trader Joe's and an old lady's like, oh, you have the prettiest hair. Oh, was your mom redheaded? Right was your dad redheaded? Right at it? Oh, oh. You know, <laughs> and, and I just like, I'd rather not be made a spectacle of. Where did the recessive gene come from? Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> <laughs> come on. So... So yeah, when someone's like, oh, thank you for your... It's never quiet. It's never like coming up on me and like, hey, thanks for your service. It's always like, hey, everybody, thank you for your service, Marine. And that's... uh, I don't like it. Well, that's... Also... uh, Sorry. Also this. When you're in boot camp, you don't say thank you to a drill instructor. Maybe this was like beaten into me.
1: Mm.
0: Because if you say thank you, one, you get punished because they say... Don't thank me. I'm thanked on the 1st and the 15th of every month. I'm thanked when I get my paycheck. Mm. Fuck you. I don't need thanks from you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's kind of uh, wormed its way in. Right. But I don't need thanks for volunteering and doing my job. I'm not some kind of a hero. I just served in the Marine Corps for a few years.
1: I wonder, because you said that it's not done quietly. Right. You said uh, most of the time it's very rarely loud. Yeah. Do you think that it's more about them when people do thank someone for their oh. service, that it's more about them kind of signaling that they are the type of person who is like recognizing you or appreciates you? Yeah.
0: I I, I think th- now that you say that, that sounds. uh Yeah. Like they're. Look at me. I'm thanking the veteran because I'm a proud patriot of the United States of America.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They click the
0: tape recorder and then God bless (laughs) America plays behind them.
1: Yeah. Well, I still
0: need to get that that drop.
1: And after they thank you for your service, they go on Facebook and post a status about it like they helped someone. Yeah.
0: Today... I was in a Target and I saw a gentleman with a bird ball and anchor tattoo (laughs) and I went up to him and loudly proclaimed, thank you, sir, for your proud service.
1: Well, uh, let me just say...
0: Don't do that. I'm not a fan.
1: Okay. Evidently, you're not alone in your feelings on this. Oh, really? And this is what reminded me of you. Um, The Cohen Veterans Network, a national not-for-profit network of mental health clinics Hmm. for post-9-11 veterans and military families, they did a poll about this. And they asked um, active and former members of the armed services how they felt about that expression, thank you for your service. And 49% of active and former members said that they feel uneasy with the expression, hmm. thank you for your service. So almost half share your feelings about this.
0: Yeah, listen, l- let me let me clarify. I, I don't want to sound like an ungrateful fuck when someone says thank you for something I did. It's great. But you... Anytime you're in a situation where something goes down in an interpersonal manner, you can kind of get a vibe of of what really the intent is. There have been times in grocery stores, particularly, this is where it happens, where an older man with one of his, you know, Korea vet hats on will, hey, hey, Marine, blah, blah, blah. We'll talk a little bit about his time in the service, talk a little bit about mine. And then as we're walking away, we'll each exchange kind of a thank you for your service. Th- those times don't bother me.
1: Well, you're actually hitting on something they found in the poll, which is veterans preferred questions about when they served, um, where they were stationed, what specific job they did while they were yeah, serving. Like yeah. something that goes deeper and yeah, allows allows for a more meaningful connection.
0: Because that is about me and my service and not about them Showing how thankful they are for my service.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. interesting. Well, at least I'm not alone in being an asshole about people thanking me. Yeah. Apparently, lots of veterans are assholes about being thanked.
1: Well,. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. Um, but, but some people also said that it would be more meaningful if people did more for the veteran community um, that went beyond simply saying thank you for your service. Um, this is a quote from a veteran from Tennessee. Quote, instead of hearing thank you for your service, I would like to see civilians in our community give back to military families, either by coaching a sport, giving a class, or going to a veteran's home and just sitting and listening to the stories of older generations. Yeah. So, there's also this element of, and it's kind of hitting on what you talked about earlier, of what does it actually mean when you're saying thank you for your service? Do you want to know more about this person's story? Do you want to have a meaningful connection? Or are you just trying to kind of check a box, right? Yeah. And and signal something about yourself. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's Um, exactly right.
1: And it seems like a lot of veterans feel the same way that you do. So when I saw this, I thought of you. And I also wonder how people listening to the show who are either active military or um, veterans what they feel about this phrase as well. Um, I wonder if it's similar to your experience where it has been kind of a spectacle. It's not done quietly. Um, have people been thanked for their service and like received gifts along with that? You know,
0: that's a big thanks. I mean, that's a real thank you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what is it? Do you feel uncomfortable with it? You like it? What is it? We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine, Or you can record a... Fewer than three minute voice memo and send it to I doubt it at dolamore Now, oh I, now, I, I guess I'm running the show today. You are. I
0: kind of like it.
1: Um, I want to kind of take you through this very interesting interactive Pew Research Center oh, link.
0: Hang on. Pew 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 pew.
1: Now I have a feeling that love
0: the Pew Research.
1: Yes, we all do.
0: Mainly for the drop, but you know.
1: also for the fantastic information
0: yeah you know that's the secondary the drops what's mainly good for me really yeah you know
1: you have your priorities
0: straight. Out of a dullard. What are you going to do? Yeah,
1: okay. So uh, I did put this in the Dallamore listener group, uh, the listener run Dallamore listener group on Facebook, but I will also put it on the I Doubt It with Dallamore podcast Facebook page and the at I Doubt It podcast Twitter page. If you're not following those things, you really should be. what um, time. But this is called a cross the table. Would you share your views of Donald Trump over dinner? Now, I I know how this is probably going to go for Jesse D, but I want to take us through this because they give some interesting um, facts along the way.
0: So there, this- this, if you're going to be quizzing me on this, it's I mean, because I don't have any problem when I describe what we do on the show. Mm-hmm. My go-to thing when I talk to a stranger about what we do on the show is that each and every episode... We stretch open Donald Trump's mouth and take a big shit right into it. That's how I describe what we do on the show.
1: Okay, well, it's mostly so that people can um, compare themselves to other Americans through your answers. Okay, <laughs> oh, all right. It's let's, not just about you. Let's do. Relax. So,
0: are you going to be clicking boxes over there? I am. There? Okay, I am. and okay. then at the end, I'll. They'll tell me something secret about myself. It's not
1: necessarily at the end, and it's not something secret. This is not a BuzzFeed quiz, okay? You're we're not, not
0: going to d- tell me which Harry Potter character I am. No.
1: <laughs> we're not trying to figure out which yogurt it's not, you are. It's
0: not fucking Ron Weasley. I know that's what everybody thinks, and I'm not Ron Weasley. Okay. Wow. Fuck that little ginger freak.
1: You are Hermione, right?
0: I have no idea. Okay. I don't even think I've seen all the movies.
1: Put yourself in this scenario. I know
0: people are horrified all across the world right now.
1: A friend has invited you to a small dinner with people you have never met before. Mm. The conversation is moving along and people at the table begin talking about Trump. You realize that everyone at the table is expressing a view of the president that you do not agree with. In fact, you hold the opposite view. Would you share your opinion of Trump with this group? Now, your two choices are, yes, I would share my views. No, I would avoid sharing my views.
0: Yes, I would share my views. Okay. Vociferously.
1: Now, you need to choose from uh, one of four reasons that you would share your views. Okay? Here are some reasons why others have said... Is
0: one of the reasons because I'm right?
1: Uh, we'll get to that. <laughs> have said that they would share their opinions with the group. And as we're going through this, I want people to be thinking about what they would do. Right? Right? What would be their response? What would be their reason for this? Um, And try to be honest with yourself, right? Because I think sometimes we think, oh, we would do this in this certain situation. But would you really? Yeah, but would we really? Um, Okay. Here are some of the reasons why others have said they would share their opinions with the group. Which best describes why you would share your views, Jesse D? Number one, I would feel compelled to share my strong feelings about Trump. Two, I think the conversation would be productive.
0: <laughs> it's not two.
1: Three, I feel the people at the table need to learn the truth about Trump.
0: Mm, that's three? Yeah. Okay.
1: Four, I think it would be important for them to know where I stand.
0: Yeah, That's less important. Oh, that's number four?
1: Yeah. Number three. Okay. I,
0: because if they have an incorrect opinion about Donald Trump, mm-hmm. first of all, if you're referring to him as the president... You're already fucking way off base in my mind. <laughs> but number three, would it, would, that would be it. Because if you have a, 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 a uh, positive opinion, mm-hmm. I, I feel like you need to know the truth. You're not looking at Donald Trump through the same lens, which is the lens of truth. Or social justice, or whatever, mm-hmm. than me. So, anyway, yeah, that, number three.
1: Well, I feel like one and four are very similar. I would feel compared to, compelled to share my strong feelings about Trump, and I think it would be important for them to know where I stand. Well,
0: all of those kind of pour into number three. I would feel compelled so they would know the truth.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, now we're going to talk about what is your overall view of Trump? You disapprove of Donald Trump, or you approve of Donald Trump? Come on.
0: I fucking love that guy. <laughs>
1: Okay, so we went with disapprove. Um, So let's compare... Don't answer for me, Brittany. Let's compare you to other (laughs) Americans, all right? According to Pew, the public is divided. 48% of U.S. adults say they would share their views of Trump with those who disagree, while 51% would not. You, Jesse, are among the 43% of Trump disapprovers who would choose to share their opinion of him among a group of people discussing how much they like Trump.
0: That is shocking to me. Why? That people who disapprove, like, I could see if you're a Trump lover that you'd keep your fucking mouth shut, that you love this racist cunt of a president. Ah, I could see that. But if you disapprove of this white supremacist jerk off in the Oval Office, why would you not take an opportunity to express to the people around you who happen to love the guy or like the guy or are middle of the road about the guy that he is a clear and present danger to our union?
1: Well, let me tell you this. And this is going to be something that may surprise you. Um, This was disappointing to me, actually. Um, A higher percentage of trump approvers rather than trump dif- disapprovers would said that they would be willing to share their own views huh okay so among the trump approvers 57 percent said that they on. would share their own views and only 43 percent of the trump I- disapprovers said they would share their views are
0: they being honest though i mean i because don't trump know approvers. they all talk a big fucking game but these these are the same people who skewed the polls in 2016 because they were the silent majority? We're so scared. We're being ridiculed about our opinions.
1: Yeah, but These are the same cowards. I just broke my pen while you were talking. I think I got stressed out. I'm getting fired up. Um, I think we have to take them at their word for now. Um, well, we, we do have this guy. No, oh, Trump! I was, I was just about to say, uh, <laughs> we actually posted while we were on vacation a CNN. A clip. They sometimes interview voters. Do like a, a panel. And oh, they ask are them you questions. talking about that dumb lady? the The woman, Crystal, I think was her name. Goddamn. Uh, on the panel, Goddamn. and she was, uh, wow. Anyway, Allison Camarata was the one who was running the panel, and at one point, she asked. What would it take for Donald Trump to lose your support? You know what? What if he shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue? You, you like how Donald Trump has said—that's his quote.
0: No, no. Can I give her answer? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to be Crystal.
1: Okay. Derp.
0: And then I want you to to play Alison Camerata. Okay. And I'm going to tr- I'm going to try to give verbatim mm-hmm. her answer. It might be off by a couple words, but this is absolutely the spirit. Yeah. Almost exactly what she
1: said. Go okay. ahead, Britt. Crystal, uh, what would it take for you to lose support for Donald Trump? What would it take for you to, to switch your support from Donald Trump? W- what happened? What would happen if he shot someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue?
0: Well, why did he shoot him?
1: <laughs> that was really her answer. I have to answer. know
0: why, why, why he did that. Why did he shoot them?
1: That was really her answer.
0: That was her fucking answer.
1: She wanted to know why.
0: If Donald Trump pulled out a gun and shot someone on Fifth Avenue in New York City... She would not drop support for him. She would just need to know more details about why he pulled out a gun and shot a United States citizen on the street.
1: Yeah. God damn. So, are you kidding me? So let me jump back to the Pew stuff here. It, it's concerning to me that Trump approvers would be more willing to discuss their own views because, I don't know, it just... I don't know what that says, but I, I'm i uncomfortable with how eager or how confident they would be
0: at maybe. a
1: table of people who yeah. are discussing Trump and then they love Trump and they feel so compelled to tell everybody that they love Trump because for whatever reason, but let's get to the reasons, okay? Because the one that you chose was actually the least popular among both Trump approvers and Trump disapprovers, which I'm shocked by because I feel like it's the best reason. (laughs)
0: They'd want to know the truth.
1: Yeah, that you want to be sharing facts, that you want to be kind of informing people and not just like spouting off. Right. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: That's my view anyway.
0: I I agree.
1: The most popular reason um, for both Trump approvers and Trump disapprovers was the last one that they think it would be important for them to know where I stand. Almost like just group identity type thing. Right.
0: You said that was the least popular.
1: No, that one was the most popular. That Among what? both Trump approvers and Trump disapprovers.
0: That is such a selfish, self-interested reason. Well, that's Why what the fuck? Here, they need to know what I think. That's... Who cares what I think? I'm giving you facts, baby.
1: That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. disappointing that a signaling group membership is more important than trying to have a conversation about facts and really orienting someone to reality, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, but listen. If you take this, and that was your reason, not trying to insult you. Okay? No, you're the
0: worst. <laughs> um, you're the worst, just like everybody else. I
1: just people are the worst. Okay, I I would I'm hope joking. I fucking would joking. I would hope that we would we would try to inform people rather than just signal our group membership you know um because that's what that really is about for sure you're listening to people who disagree with you and you're getting so pissed off that it's just important for you for them to know where you stand that you aren't like them that you believe something different and then you're just gonna leave it at that
0: how how important do you think you and your opinion are (laughs) that that would be the reason yeah they need to know where i stand Yeah. Any Hillary bitches on here? (laughs) No, Trump, baby.
1: So this is something, though, that we talk about because the holidays are coming up and um, Thanksgiving, all the other holidays around this time where people gather with friends and family. And sometimes people are in situations where their family members, their loved ones are expressing views that they don't agree with. You and might have
0: Donald Trump guy at your Thanksgiving table. Yeah, yeah, and you
1: have to figure out how to navigate that. We, we've spent a lot of time talking about that yeah. on the show. Um, so we'd also want to hear how you did on this quiz, uh, what your feelings or thoughts are about it, also what you're thinking in terms of gearing up for the holidays and, and how you're going to handle these situations at the dinner table.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. 657-464-7609 Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at com. Support for I Doubt It with Dolamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dalamore.
1: We would like to thank our new Patreon supporters, Joe. Joe. Angie. Angie. And PX R.
0: That is a weird given name. PX Dima R.
1: That's my best guess is to pronouncing I'm assuming what is written here.
0: That is a screen name,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not his, as they say, A Christian name.
1: There. We don't know.
0: Oh, we don't even... Yeah, I just assumed.
1: Yeah, how dare you? I... (laughs) <laughs> um, we would also like to thank our Patreon supporters who upped their pledge. Yes. Um, Steve and Kelsey. Stephen Kelsey. Thank you so much.
0: We love Stephen Kelsey.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for your beautiful support. Listen, now is the time that we pressure you <laughs> because... No, this is
0: the time where we fucking guilt you and shame you well, for not taking part in the Thanksgiving episode yet. Yeah.
1: Let me just say that Jesse has started his yearly tradition of complaining and telling me that the Thanksgiving episode isn't going to happen because he doesn't have enough submissions wait, yet.
0: Wait, 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 wait. Is that a yearly thing? Do I do that every year? Every single year. You, really? You,
1: yes. You start complaining. You start telling me it's not going to happen. We should stop doing it. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and don't blah, blah, blah me. Okay. Like I'm blah. Well, I understand that it's concerning because it is a lot of work for you.
0: We have like three submissions right now.
1: Yeah, like three or four and we need more than that. So listen, I know people love the episode. They really appreciate it. They like listening to it. It can be intimidating, giving a phone call, uh, giving a phone call, um, sending a voice memo in and describing the things that you're thankful for. It can get emotional Sometimes it requires a vulnerability. Lean
0: into that.
1: But it is something that people really value and people really appreciate and people need to hear because many people are going through difficult situations and we get so much positive feedback from this episode. So we would ask you, Please reflect on the previous year and think about the things that happened and think about what you're thankful for. Uh, Take some time to record a voice memo in a quiet room, hopefully fewer than two minutes for the Thanksgiving submission. Please avoid profanity because the Thanksgiving episode is always family friendly where we cover only good news and things that we're thankful for. And also remember that you don't need to thank us. Because that's not what this is about even though we really really appreciate those messages you can you know feel free to type it out in the email if you if you feel so compelled
0: it, it'll be edited out because if if everybody said we're thankful for the show, yeah that's what the episode would be about and that's not what we want it to to be about
1: yeah so if you want to hear previous episodes you can go to dollamore.com scroll all the way to the bottom and search thanksgiving and listen to those old episodes there's also some on youtube you can just go and uh, youtube dollamore thanksgiving and listen to those so you can kind of get a, a feel a vibe for what we're looking for and what you will want to submit
0: so again uh, record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to idoubtit at dollamore.com <laughs> democracy facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so we got a whole bunch to cover here uh i think i'm going to condense this and we're going to we're going to be talking about the impeachment thing going forward goddamn uh- Maybe forever, well, maybe the public- we'll, maybe Donald Trump will never stop being around, and we're g- always going to be talking about it.
1: that's not true, so let's let's the get- public hearings do start this week, they do they yeah. start on
0: Wednesday, yeah. with Bill Taylor mm-hmm. and uh, another guy from the State Department named George Something or other. yeah, that's a weird last name, I know something or other, but <laughs> anyway, so let's not let's not address that right now okay we, we can do that midweek after the testimony absolutely let's talk about this. And then we'll 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 wrap the show and it'll be a great day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Elizabeth Warren mm-hmm. has several policy objectives, plans for radical I eh, mean not radical, but structural change, revolutionary structural change of our country. Many of these policies echo or or mirror some of the objectives of Bernie Sanders. They're not unheard of. They're not crazy. But they are putting fear into the hearts and minds and souls and psyches of billionaires everywhere. Including a guy up to this point that I have had a reasonable amount of respect for, Bill Gates. A man who's done tremendous good in this world with his untold billions of dollars. The other day, he was asked on a panel about this situation with Warren's wealth tax. And he just, he made some just jackass
2: comments. Well, Bill Gates responding to Elizabeth Warren's proposal to talk about her proposed wealth tax. Our wealth guy. Yeah, Robert Frank, that's him. He joins us with the latest on this back and forth. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, David, and the tax guy. Now these days, uh, Bill Gates saying yesterday that he supports higher taxes for the wealthy, but not through wealth tax. I've uh, paid over ten billion in taxes. I paid more uh, than anyone in
0: taxes. Uh, but I, you know, I'm glad to have paid. You know, if I'd had to pay twenty billion, it's fine. Uh, but. You know, when you say I should pay $100 billion, okay, then I'm starting to do a little math about uh, what I have left over. Sorry. Uh, I'm just kidding.
2: Now, he also offered to meet with Warren. Warren tweeting back, I'm always happy to meet with people, even if we have different views. Bill, if we get the chance, I'd love to explain exactly how much you'd pay under my wealth tax. I promise. It's not a hundred billion dollars, so how much would Bill Gates pay? Well, the wealth tax for Elizabeth Warren right now is six percent. that's the top rate on fortunes over one billion. Gates's net worth right now at 109 billion, so he would pay six and a half billion dollars in wealth taxes this year. But Warren is also planning a tax on unrealized capital gains as part of her health care plan. Gates 's wealth up this year to nineteen billion dollars on microsoft's Microsoft stock gains. So he would pay an additional $7 billion on top of the wealth tax. So Bill Gates' total tax bill under Warren this year would be $13 billion. Now, Gates, just a moment ago, tweeting back to Warren, quote, you and other candidates are having a really interesting conversation on how to solve some of the world's toughest problems. I greatly respect your commitment to finding ways to address wealth and inequality and poverty at home. While we may disagree about some of the ways to get there, We certainly agree we need a lot of smart people committed to finding the path forward.
1: So, as you heard there, uh, it would not be 100 billion. Of course, it wouldn't be. (laughs) I saw a New York Times article today where two economists who advised Elizabeth Warren were interviewed, and they discussed the actual impact of these proposed. Tax increases for the wealthy. Wealth tax,
0: separate and apart from income tax.
1: And let's talk about Bill Gates, okay? the According to the economists who have advised Elizabeth Warren here, quote, if her wealth tax had been in effect since 1982, for example, Mr. Gates, who made his first billion dollars in 1987, would have had $13.9 billion in 2018 instead of $97 billion. Okay. Yeah. So this isn't a situation where, and Elizabeth Warren was asked this recently. Does she believe that billionaires shouldn't exist?
0: And she said, "No, I don't believe they shouldn't exist." Right. Meaning, she yeah, she's okay with billionaires existing. Right. And so, we, which is opposite of Bernie.
1: We don't want people using these scare tactics, and by people, I mean billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where they're trying to say, well, at least you consider them people, but that's good. (laughs) That Elizabeth Warren is going to take all their money. Yeah. She's going to make billionaires a thing of the past. I mean, I don't have the knowledge base here, so I'm going to trust the economists that have the expertise and the education in this area when they say that even if her policy, the wealth tax, had been in place. Bill Gates would be doing very, very well for himself. In fact, his wealth would only continue to grow.
0: Yeah, he'd only have several billion over a dozen billion dollars.
1: Right. Come on. And I know that he was, quote unquote, joking. It's hard to tell because the joke wasn't great. Well, uh, Bill Gates,
0: after delivery all. Delivery
1: wasn't fantastic. But what are you going to do? It's he's not, not as John Mulaney. <laughs> he's Bill Gates. Yeah. he <laughs> He's good at alleviating poverty and eradicating diseases in in different parts of the world. Yeah. Th- that's more his his strong suit. But... Drinking poop water. Drinking poop water. Yeah. That's... That's a thing that happened. So I think it's important to look at those numbers. That's a lot of yeah. money that you're still going to have. You're, you're not in a situation where you're, you're having to calculate how much money you're going to have left. Yeah.
0: And- Listen, imagine winning the lottery, winning a million dollars. After taxes, you end up with a million dollars. Bill Gates would have to do that 19,000 times to have 19 billion dollars he currently is worth 109 billion again you know i don't want to it, i know the audience isn't isn't dummies but put that in perspective it's 109,000 million dollars that is tremendous also let me say this He's bragging about, I've paid $10 billion in taxes. Seems pretty low if you're worth $109 billion. Because if you're worth $100,000 and you've only paid $10,000 in, in taxes,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that seems like a, a little amount. hmm so he's undertaxed. Absolutely, obviously he's undertaxed. If o- over the course of his life, he's only paid $10 billion in taxes.
1: Well, and the unfortunate thing is we we also have a billionaire running for president, yeah, Tom Steyer. Two
0: of them al- almost now with Bloomberg.
1: Oh, right, right. And,
0: and Donald Trump, who maybe is a billionaire.
1: Yeah. Probably not. Tom Steyer is sometimes asked about this directly, and I'm sure he will be again because I believe he's in the next debate yeah, for some is. strange reason. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he d- rarely gives a direct answer because he is a billionaire. Yeah. And so it's difficult to take the concerns of billionaires seriously. And that's the case for many reasons. But you and I were in LA yesterday, and we were standing on the sidewalk, and we looked over. It was nighttime, Uh, 10 a.m., 10 p.m.,
0: definitely 10 p.m. Yeah,
1: and and we look over and there's a human being laying on the concrete, and the only thing that they had was a blanket. I don't even
0: know if I would categorize what they were covering themselves with as a blanket. It was just a. It
1: was like a throw because it was smaller than a blanket. It did not cover them completely. That is right. And there was nothing underneath them. And they were sleeping there. Well, trying to. Uh, it didn't look like it was It was happening. And I was watching this happen. And we had just driven past several uh, tents where other homeless people were living on the streets. There is Los an Angeles. epidemic
0: of homelessness in Los Angeles right now. Absolutely there is.
1: And I was thinking about these comments from these billionaires and how much money they have. And I understand that that this whole debate comes down to how people believe that wealth is best created and circulated in this country. But it is difficult, again, to take the concerns of billionaires seriously when they're in the position that they're in. The average American is in a difficult position where they can't afford, 40% of them, a $400 emergency expense without putting it on a credit card or asking someone for money.
0: $400. 40%
1: of Americans. Yeah. That's a lot. And then you see the homeless living in Los Angeles. It's not just in Los Angeles, all over the country. And I think that those issues, uh, the experiences of most Americans, are more important than these billionaires. And Keep in mind, and
0: I know I'm preaching to the choir here with the audience, but we're only talking about billionaires here. We're not just talking about you know, small business owners who happen to be millionaires. Mm-hmm. We're talking about billionaires. Think about this. Jeff Bezos got divorced from his wife, and as a part of the divorce settlement, I think she got like 35 or $40 billion. And he's still the richest man on the fucking planet Earth. After losing $40 billion, he still has more than Bill Gates, who has $110 billion. There is something wrong with the system, an economic system, where someone can amass that kind of wealth. There just is. I don't think we should have some kind of maximum wage. But certainly through taxation, we should be able to level the playing field because supply-side economics or trickle-down economics does not work. When Donald Trump gives massive tax cuts to millionaires and, of course, billionaires and corporations... They don't hire a bunch of people. They don't reinvest in our economy. We know this. Because the U.S. economy right now, the U.S. government, is running one and $1.1 trillion deficits every single year for the foreseeable future. The national debt has gone up three trillion dollars since Donald Trump took office. $3,000 billion dollars because of trickle-down economics. Maybe it's tangentially related. Billionaires can cry me a fucking river about being taxed 2 and 6% yearly on their massive, incomprehensibly big fortunes that are going to, to, to fund people's healthcare where these people who are homeless and are visiting ERs, mm-hmm. that will stop. Mm-hmm. People will not go into crushing debt because they contracted disease. People won't have to have the conversation like friends of ours just recently had about whether or not they're going to sell their house because one of them got cancer. There is something wrong with the system that there is such inequality, the vast span between the have-nots and the haves, which is only getting bigger. Because as the, the status quo right now is to promote that happening.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the ER thing because I recently shared a Bloomberg article on social media and the title of it was America's largest health insurer is giving apartments to homeless people, hmm. a radical fix for the US healthcare crisis. And in it they talk about how often this happens where homeless people are going to the ER Because they're having a legitimate health problem and they don't have insurance, or because they want to get a meal and have a bed for a while. Um, Just
0: get off the street. Yeah. Yeah. And this
1: is particularly, this story uh, takes place in Phoenix where it gets unbearably hot. Yeah. And if you don't have shelter, it can actually be very dangerous. Yeah, a lot of
0: the, a lot of maybe the vast majority of the summer is triple digits. Yeah, Yeah.
1: so not a good situation for people who don't have shelter, don't have water, don't have a way to get cool. And in the article, there's several different people that they discuss, but one person in particular is a 50-year-old, 54-year-old, I'm sorry, with multiple sclerosis, cerebral palsy, heart disease, and diabetes. The article says, quote, he was homeless before United Health got him into an apartment. In the 12 months prior to moving in, Steve went to the ER 81 times. Wow. Spent 17 days hospitalized and had medical costs on average of $12,945 per month. Wow. In the nine months since he got a roof over his head and health coaching from the team here, Steve's average monthly medical expenses have dropped more than 80% to 2,073.
0: Still high. Yeah. But not $10,000 a month.
1: Yeah. So they're, they're testing this idea, though, of providing housing. And they specifically look for homeless individuals who are frequenting the ER, like, like this individual is, so that they can lower those costs. Because that gets turned back around on the taxpayer. Yeah. And people don't think about this, right? You, you start to talk about how homeless individuals need to just be provided housing. And people get all pissed oh, off. Oh yeah, you're
0: giving them. Well, I work hard for my money. You just be giving it away,
1: right? But what they don't see is the cost on the other end. If you're not yeah. actually doing something to intervene, if you're not actually funding preventative care, and and it's difficult to really get anything here because you're talking about Republicans who don't want people getting certain types of food with food stamps. Right. They want to restrict everything. They want you to have a miserable life if you're in poverty. That's what they want. Absolutely. And I think that they maybe think that will motivate you to pick yourself up and go and do something. But I would ask them, what do they want that person that I saw last night who only has a blanket? There was no belongings around that person. Yeah. I don't know what their situation is, but they were laying on the concrete trying to sleep With a throw blanket on them. What do the Republicans propose that person does to start from where they are picking themselves up?
0: Yeah, they won't even give them the fucking boots to pick themselves up by.
1: So what are they supposed to do? And what are so many of these people supposed to do without help?
0: And we have evidence that there is another path forward.
1: Right. And in this article, they say, listen, this isn't a perfect system. Sometimes we provide housing and things don't go the way that we're hoping. But there are cases here where this is very promising. It's a game of
0: averages. Well,
1: and they also say we need to target the right person. Right? We're trying yeah. to figure out who is the right person that we need to target. Who is the ideal person that we can get into this program who will benefit from it, who will be helped by it? And how can we expand it? How can we put this program in other states and other cities where it's desperately needed? This is what we're looking for is solutions. And we don't get solutions from people who talk about picking yourselves up by your bootstraps. That's not a solution. And I'm, I'm thankful that there are people... Uh, like the man in this article who is working with United Health to make this happen. His name is Jeffrey Brenner. And we'll also put this on the Facebook page so you guys can check it out. Yeah. But this is a really important issue. And I know that it's close to our hearts because we grew up poor. And so we understand that background. Maybe we have uh, more empathy <laughs> for people in those situations because of our shared experience. Well, we
0: can remember having been desperately poor yeah yeah
1: and 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 i just it's one of the most important issues for me uh for this election so we hope you're paying attention to it and we also hope that you (laughs) are are not being convinced by the whining of the billionaires
0: and 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 you know what this is perfect because it leads us directly in to today's asshole of today The asshole of today.
1: Ainsley Earhart.
0: And as a reminder, every time we talk about Ainsley Earhart from Fox News, from the Fox and Friends on the uh, the Fox News, we like to play this particular clip of Miss Ainsley Earhart.
2: What about the majority? Okay, the I'm so majority. tired of protecting the minority.
1: It's not her first time in Asheville no. today. Uh, I don't know how many times she's been here, but it's definitely not the first. We
0: haven't had anybody do a count yet to make a list. Yeah, and I'm not doing it. So
1: yes, that is true. <laughs> she was talking about Elizabeth Warren, and she made some very uh, not intelligent comments.
0: Not shockingly, not intelligent comments.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that message is going to how
2: she's doing so well with that message. That message is saying you have more than I do. I want to take some of yours. I'm jealous of what you have. If you, you don't have. have anything, that's a very potent message. Believe me. But that's not the American way. The American way is to work your tail off. But keep you, working. Say yes. Say yes. Work weekends, work nights. No, I, I, work I get your that, way to but, the top. But if you have worked really hard and you still don't have anything. I mean, you go to the I've been to the Bernie Sanders rallies where there are a lot of people who who need help. Uh, You know, they they uh, didn't have health care They they need. uh, You know, they got problems with uh, college tuition and things like that. And so for the Democratic message, look, you don't have anything. The government is going to make sure that the most successful people pay extra so you can get a hand up. That is very powerful. Right. That's why, you know, you, you look at the number of people with that point of view. You add up all the people who support that. It's a big number. Right. You don't, that's
0: not the American way, Brittany. The American way is work weekends, work nights, work your ass off to get to the top. Mm -hmm. Is she out of her fucking mind? Does she not understand how things work? The average person, even the above average person, can work thousands and thousands of hours in overtime and will never, never be in a position like Bill Gates or or Jeff Bezos.
1: It's wildly insulting. And it has to be wildly insulting to many of her viewers as well. Because they are in positions where they're working two, three jobs to make ends meet. Yes. And wondering, because of our terrible system where people have been sold the lie of meritocracy, wondering what's wrong with them.
0: They must be doing something wrong right. that they're not a billionaire yet. What? What
1: did I do wrong that, that the American dream is not accessible to me? Where did I go wrong? How am I messing this up with all the work that I'm doing and how hard I'm trying? Yeah, It's insulting to continue to try to sell people this idea that if they just work hard enough, if they just say yes, if they work themselves to death, that eventually they'll get there. No, all kinds of things take people off course. And I'm I'm sick of things being boiled down to this very simplistic explanation. Well, that's,
0: it's Fox and Friends, Brittany. Let's yeah, not go crazy. It's, I know. That's but, what you're being served on Fox News is simplistic explanations. Yeah. Emotional arguments. It's
1: still disappointing. And yeah. I'm sure that's what Ainsley did. Right. To get to her position. I'm sure she worked nights. I'm sure she worked overtime. Oh, yeah.
0: No privilege there whatsoever. I'm sure
1: she wasn't afforded some benefits based on her background, based on her appearance. Right. Things that really helped her get to her position. Well, She
0: clearly didn't get to where she is because of her fucking brains. She's a moron. She's the one who said that we conquered communist Japan during World War Two. Get the fuck out of here. So, Clearly, it's not a meritocracy over there.
1: So what we will be seeing, though, is a ramping up of these kinds of talking points. And what we need is for the Democrats to remain level headed, stick to the facts, stick to personal stories from uh, citizens, from people that they meet, even though sometimes I hate that during the debates. Well, I was talking to Lorraine in Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we know you're talking well, to Lorraine.
0: Let me you just touched on something. About people, uh, from the voters, from the people. Yeah. That is where the money is coming from to help people out with tuition, with health care. We shouldn't be looking at it as the government giving. It's we, the people. We can come together as a nation and set forth a new set of rules that we will take care of those who have not in this country. It's expected for us. To help up those who don't have. Why is that not the way we look at it? Why is it all oh, the government's giving it away? It's we the people. It's our money. We should be good stewards of our money. We are, if we are, as we claim to be, the richest, most powerful nation on the, on the planet, why can we not take care of those who have so little in our country? Ugh. Fucking Ainsley Earhart. Anyway, as always, we'd love to know what you think. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to it at com. We would love to hear from you. We demand to hear from you. At least I demand to hear from you about what you're thankful for this year. Take a moment. Don't take a week Take a moment to reflect upon the things for which you are thankful. They don't have to be massive, profound things. But each and every one of us, if you are in a situation where you have the technology just to listen to this show, you have something to be thankful for. Share that with us, I ask you. Share that with the audience worldwide. We will, in turn, amplify your, your thankfulness to the, to the world. And I think that that episode does, uh, goes a long way toward uh, the, 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 the sum of people's happiness. It, it certainly does, does a job for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we'll see you next time. We appreciate your patience. We love your loyalty. Thank you so much. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been... I doubt it.
1: I mean it it was it was a fucking mess.